What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Clip and Roll. I am your host, Justin Russo. Normally, I am joined by my esteemed co-host who has the worst movie takes in the history of the world. But Farbad Esnashari is not with me today. He has officially been killed and waxed from this earth by me. I have won. This is my podcast now. Who's joining me today? It's Garrett Corpunning. I'm back again. Oh, oh. Hey, young Garrett, back in the fold. And I still haven't watched The Usual Suspects. You know what? I'm going to let that go. <laughs> I'm going to let that go today. Today's fine. You can do, you're can. you here. It's not Farbod. We're good. Uh, this podcast is being brought to you by Bet Online, Blue Wire, TheraOne CBD, and NFL Sunday Ticket. Garrett, uh, this is an emergency podcast. I I messaged you because I knew Farbod couldn't do it today. Um. A lot has happened today. It's look, if if today was a news dump day, you would think it was a Friday, but today's Wednesday and a lot has happened. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic were slated to play a basketball game, game five of their first round series, which the Milwaukee Bucks lead three games to one. They were supposed to play that game this afternoon. I believe game time was supposed to be around like one something my time or four, it was like four four ten Eastern, I think, is when the scheduled tip off uh, was going to be. As we got closer to tip off, uh, for those who are not actually fully familiar, which uh, it's OK if you're not, it's not a big deal. There are two horns that signify the start of the game. There's a there's a there's a first horn that says the teams have to be ready and on the floor. And then there's a second horn after they warm up to start the actual game. When the first horn went off, the Milwaukee Bucks were still not on the floor. The Orlando Magic were, but the Milwaukee Bucks were not. It then gets reported, and all this is happening on Twitter. Like, you're watching it unfold on Twitter, and it it doesn't seem real, but it is. And it gets reported the Milwaukee Bucks are still in the locker room. There's talk that they might boycott the game. There's talk that, you know... 
the Orlando Magic are just unsure of what's going on. And it comes down that the Milwaukee Bucks, after a little bit of time in, in the locker room, have decided to boycott the game. They decided to forfeit it. They don't want to play it. Uh, this is all over the shooting of Jacob Blake, who was a 29-year-old man in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is not far from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So this is a personal thing for the Milwaukee Bucks and for every African-American player in the entire NBA and around the world. I do want to say that it is bears repeating. This has happened way too many times in this world, in this country. And it's very frustrating as a person of privilege. And I, I am a person of privilege that I see this happen. I can get mad about it. And I still know my anger pales in comparison to what they feel every single day. So the Milwaukee Bucks forfeited their game, boycotted it. They were striked. I, I don't know the proper verbiage to actually use. Um, in official capacity, it was a forfeit that the Orlando Magic chose not to take the win. It's 100% the right call by the Orlando Magic. It was pretty much the only thing to do. They stood in solidarity with the Milwaukee Bucks. What came next is the Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets decided to also boycott their game, uh, which would have been the game after that. And the Portland Trailblazers and Los Angeles Lakers boycotted their game. There will not be any NBA game on Wednesday, August 26, 2020, which is a statement that is not actually shocking for any other season. But in the actual year 2020, it's pretty wild. and. In the current climate of not only the world, but the NBA, these are players who have been stuck away from their families in a bubble in Orlando, in seclusion mostly, for going on almost two full months now. And they're frustrated. Nothing's changing on the outside world. So I completely sympathize and empathize and stand 100% behind these players during this boycott and Garrett, there's a lot that the NBA is going to ask to figure out what's going on because as Adrian Wojnarowski reported 10 minutes ago, right before we came on to record, the NBA has scheduled a special board of governors meeting on Thursday. Sources tell ESPN, this is not any normal board of governors meeting. This season might be kaput. It might be over in the middle of the playoffs and yeah, this isn't what the NBA wants, but it what, but it's what might be needed. And so, Garrett, I guess what I want to know on, on your side, what do you think is going to happen and what do you think should happen? Well, I think in this case, both of those things may be the same thing uh, and that this season probably will not resume. Um, I think you hit the nail right on the head in saying that, you know, the players involved in this league – they came down to Orlando and they made a very strong point. They wanted to make sure that their message was not lost, that them uh, continuing this season uh, did not distract from the main issues that are happening in this country right now. Um, so far, we've seen that you know, their, their greatest fear in that has been the case. Um, for a lot of people, you know, today was the first day they found out about Jacob Blake uh, in, in the wake of, of the NBA um, and, and the players, uh, you know, refusing to play these games this afternoon, this, this tonight. Um, so I think 
I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if what happens is, you know, this season that being, it being canceled, the rest of the season is canceled. Um, personally, I think that's, I think that's what needs to happen. Um, I think that like we just talked about, um, you know, games happen every night and highlights and that kind of thing dominate the news cycle. And you see that all the time. And so whether it's broadcast, whether it's Twitter or social media, whatever it is like that, um, you might not see a tweet about something happening. You might not hear about uh, the two people that were shot and killed in, in Kenosha um, following the protests uh, because you might have seen, you know, that might have been replaced with Luka Doncic hitting a step back three. It, it could have been anything like that. Um, and so I think what players like Lou Williams and that kind of thing have said about how they don't want uh, the, res- the resumption of this NBA season to take away from the issues happening in this country right now. Uh, I think, unfortunately, that's what's happened. And I think if enough players are serious about leaving the bubble and, and wanting to go back to their communities and, and make a stronger point there about what needs to happen, um, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I I fully support any player that just wants to leave flat out. If you want to leave, go right ahead. I fully support you. I don't think sports are the most important thing in the world right now. And very rarely are they ever. Um, as for tomorrow, which is Thursday, August 27th, there is scheduled to be three games. The Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz will play game six of their uh, first round series with the Utah Jazz leading three to two. It's also supposed to be the start of the Boston Celtics Toronto Raptors second round series, which um, those two teams were already talking about boycotting even on Tuesday. Uh, for a full 48 hours before the game was supposed to be played, they were talking about boycotting. And what was also supposed to be game six of Clippers Mavericks, which if you are a Clippers fan, yes, you want to see game six. And I completely understand. I, I'm, I was stuck to my seat during game five going, I can't wait to see what this team does in game six. I completely understand. It's not important. It's really not. And if they postpone games today, which the NBA says they postponed, but let's be clear. The players did that, not the NBA. The players are the NBA. Let's be clear on that. Tomorrow, I don't know if there's going to be games. I don't think there will be. I kind of hope there won't be because I don't think this is a one-day thing. I don't think this is a two-day thing, and I don't think this is a week thing. I think this is something they have to stand for for a while because sports are a privilege for a society that behaves, and we are not a society that behaves. And I think sports are the reward for behaving. And until things start changing, I don't think there should be sports. And I understand that sounds crazy to say because I'm doing a sports podcast and I'm sitting here saying we don't need sports right now. And yes, that it sounds absolutely wild. I get it. It's how I feel. And it's fine if you feel different. I'm not going to chastise you. That is 100% your feeling. Um, but as it pertains there might not be a game six tomorrow, Garrett. And so we don't know what's going to happen in the first round for a little bit. And I'm okay with that. Um, I just, I don't know what to think of if we're actually going to get postseason basketball anytime soon, because no one knows anything. And the players are, as we're recording this, the players are meeting in Orlando right now. And I'm sure while we're recording, there's going to be breaking news that we might have to break into some later segment and talk about, but as of now, we don't know what's going to happen. And this brings me back to where we were back in March and April and May, where we had no idea what was going to happen. 
And in some ways, it's kind of scary because, you know, it's not nice or it's not comforting to not know what's going to happen. But it almost feels normal again in a in a sick way of like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I actually think that's OK. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean. We see evidence every day now that what's happening and we've seen evidence forever. It's not just every day now. This isn't a now thing. This has been happening forever that sports are not the most important thing. Uh, that much is very obvious. And if that's your way of thinking, that's, you know, whatever it's eat your own, but, um, sports are not the most important thing right now. And I think, you know, as great as it would be for players to continue the players that want to, at least to continue to, um, you know, use this platform they have right now to continue advocating for the things they care about. Um, I think we've seen, in the last two months and the players have seen as well since they've been in the bubble, um, that these efforts and that kind of thing simply are not enough. And that these things that, um, unfortunately are happening, like, like the shooting of Jacob Blake and many others, um, those aren't going to stop until there is real change. Uh, and unfortunately what's happening in the bubble right now is, is great as some of the conversations we've had that have stemmed from, um, what players have done down there have been so far, um, Real change is not going to happen until there is a greater effort and a greater sacrifice made. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wurzland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire. But only until Labor Day, go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFL Sunday Ticket.tv. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFL Sunday Ticket.tv 
and use promo code BLUEWIRE. So in game five, the Clippers beat the Dallas Mavericks 154-111. The 43-point victory, I'm going to repeat that, a 43-point victory was the Clippers' largest margin of victory in a postseason game. It actually eclipsed their game two victory against the Golden State Warriors. I want to say that was back in like 2013, I believe. Um, I was actually in attendance for that game. That was a 40-point beatdown that was wild to watch in real time. And this one itself was kind of crazy because like the Clippers are up like mid twenties until about halftime. And then even through the third quarter, it was, you know, it got to a point where it got to like, I think it was like 20 or 21 and the fourth quarter happened. They just blew their doors off. And oddly enough, if they didn't score in the fourth quarter, the game would have went to overtime, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So uh, the Clippers went by 43. The story of the game is Paul George. After three subpar shooting nights, he comes out very aggressive, scores 35 points in 25 minutes on 18 shots. 35 points in 25 minutes is, well, incredible when you really break it down by a permanent basis. But what was probably the most incredible thing is in his on-court post-game interview, Paul George talks about how he was in a, quote, dark place uh, the previous three games. And it was kind of fishy about like what he was talking about. And then you get to the postgame press conference and media availability and uh, he gets asked about it. Like, here's the question. And then I'm and we'll hear from Paul George himself. You were incredibly candid in the postgame interview. You said you were in a dark place, struggled with that in the bubble, the environment of having no fans to energize you. Talk about what you meant by being in a dark place, how difficult these last three games were for you. Um, it was just a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, I, I underestimated mental health, honestly. Um, I had anxiety, um, a little bit of depression, uh, just being locked in here. And, um, you know, just I just wasn't there. I checked out. And it was, you know, games two, three, four, I, I wasn't there. I felt like I wasn't there. Um, but, you know, shout out to the people that was in my corner, the people that gave me the words. Shout out, Laura. You know, they held big time to help keep me right, be back in great spirits. I can't thank them enough. So, Gary, he mentions mental health in terms of underestimating it and that he had anxiety a little bit of depression. I don't think people understand. This is a setting we have not seen ever on a scale this large. And I think people really underestimated in his words, underestimated what this can do to the human psyche. And I thought it was very refreshing to hear him talk about it. I completely agree. Um, Doc Rivers, I think, said it best post. We talked about how refreshing it was to hear Paul George talk about it. And he related it to having a sprained ankle. He thinks it's just as important to talk about mental health and to talk about the struggles, you know, we all have with this stuff as it is to, you know, discuss a player that's injured or something like that, right? Like it's just as important. Um, and I gotta say, you know, I saw some things on Twitter. Justin, I know you saw it as well. Um, I wanna say it was a podcast from the ringer. Um and, and Rob yeah. Raphael, yeah. Um said something about how PG just needs to keep that to himself. 
and, and how he can't be out there saying that in the middle of the playoffs. Um, and to me, that was before everything else happened today. Um, that was one of the most disgusting, like profound things that someone could say in response to what PG said, because PG went up there and was so honest about what, about the way he was feeling. And he didn't have to be that way. Um, this is something that only in recent years, this whole mental health situation has been tackled by the NBA and only a few players have really come out and, and spoke publicly about what they're, de- what they deal with and, and how much pressure there is to be an NBA player and that kind of thing. Um, so for Paul George to come out and say that I thought a was incredibly brave. Um, and I was so glad to hear that he had the full support of his teammates. Um, I thought it was fantastic. He, he mentioned how he's spoken to uh, one of the psychiatrists on site at the bubble. Um, Doc Rivers, I believe it was, talked about how he invited Paul George into his room after game four. And they sat and had a long discussion about mental health and about basketball. Um, he also mentioned that players went knocking on Paul George's door and did the same thing with him in his room. They went and talked to him about his struggles and about what's going on. Um, I think it's fantastic that that barrier is being broken down. And this is a conversation we can start having with athletes because obviously mental health issues are not exclusive to anyone uh, and athletes are people and, and they have those same issues that we do. Um, and so for Paul George to go up there and say something like that, I thought was, was incredible. And I was really, really glad. And as doc said, it was very refreshing to hear. I think it's long past time that we normalize talking about mental health. Like I think mm-hmm. as a guy, I just, I know there's a stigma that we're supposed to be um, not so much tough, but you know, you, you bottle things up and you keep it to yourself. That's hard. Mm-hmm. That's very hard. I, I know people who've struggled with it. I know people who've gone through very rigorous battles because of it. Life isn't easy. Even when you're making a lot of money to play basketball, it's just not like money doesn't cure everything. But you know, <laughs> It's kind of funny. I used to, I guess I used to not make fun of the phrase, but I used to like always think it was weird when I would hear people say like, oh, money doesn't buy happiness. Cause I'm like, if you give me a ton of money, I'd be a lot happier. And yeah, you'd probably be a lot happier. That doesn't mean you would be, you know, like your depression would go away. Your anxiety would go away. Your stress levels would like, it it doesn't change everything. It changes some things. It doesn't change everything. And we're people. We're not machines. We're not robots. Every person is different. Uh, every, what affects me won't affect you, Garrett. And what affects you won't affect me. Exactly. We're all very different. And I think it's okay to talk about the mental health aspect and to talk about what is bothering us. Because if we don't, if we let it eat at us, especially in a year like this where it seems like nothing is going right, then we're just going to be broken down by the time that anything else. By, because we wouldn't even recognize something good happening anymore. Because everything's bad. And when something good happens, we wonder what's going to go bad next. And that's not the right way to live. So I'm happy, A, that Paul George identified he was not well in the mental health department B that he did go talk to a professional about it and C 
not only did his coach come to his aid, but his teammates came to his aid as friends more than just teammates. And Montres Harrell talked about how they played video games together. Like even something as simple as playing video games with someone can mentally help them because you're able to be there for them, even in a video game. And it sounds insane to say that, but that's just the reality of life these days. So I commend Paul George. It's not an easy subject. If people want to take shots at him, by all means, you're free to do that. It just, I think nothing, I I just think only positive stuff can happen by a superstar level player bringing up how he has struggled with mental health. Everyone praised Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan, and rightfully so, for bringing up mental health stuff. I think Paul George should at least be commended for bringing it up, even in a postseason setting, even in a bubble. And that's just where I'm at on it. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with you. And I don't know if you saw it, but Kevin Love actually uh, did come out and, and commend Paul George for what he said, saying he was a Paul George fan before. But now that he came out and said this and kind of, you know, helped himself or helped people identify with him in this sense and, and showed people that it is okay to, you know, not be okay. Um, I think that made a, a real impact on Kevin Love, and he was really glad to see someone else speak out on this issue like he has in the past. Shout out to maybe future Clipper Kevin Love? <laughs> Question mark? No, I'm just kidding. Um in the Paul George interview, he was asked about the Doc Rivers video. And the reason I say that is because if you did miss it, Doc Rivers talked at length on Tuesday night after game five. He talked about several topics that are going on in the world, um, but mostly about the Jacob Blake incident and the shooting. Um, and here was Doc's quote on that. We're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that we're denied to live in certain communities. Um, we've been hung. We've been shot. And all you do is keep hearing about fear. It's, it's amazing why we keep loving this country. And this country does not love us back. And it's just, it's really so sad. Like I should just be a coach. And it's so often reminded of my color. You know, it's just really sad. We gotta do better. It really hit me because we're all Americans. You know, like Sam Mitchell on NBA TV today during this during the boycott made one of the most incredible sentences I ever heard. And it never once ever dawned on me to think of it in, the, in, in like these terms, because you never really like you. You don't ever expand your mind to that to that level of degree. And what Sam Mitchell ended up saying was, quote, we cannot only be Americans when we go to war. And he's right. Like whenever there's wartime or whenever like a tragedy happens, we're like, oh, my God, like America, like, yay, like we're going to stand together and you're my you're my brother, you're my sister, all this stuff. He's right. We do that. But then when stuff happens here. To a neighbor. To a stranger, we don't care because it's not to us. 
So to hear Doc Rivers talk about it and to hear him, how emotional he gets and he gets very emotional. Um, I know you heard the sound clip, but like what you didn't hear is that he takes his mask off. And I understand that like he was supposed to keep it on, but he takes it off because he's so mad and emotional. He can't contain himself. And, you know, you saw players come out like Patrick Beverly last night did it. Um, Landry Shamit did it. They came out talking about like, you know, like best coach, you know, stuff like that. Like DeAndre Jordan on Wednesday, quote tweets the Doc Rivers video. is like, like, that's my guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the love that Doc Rivers has from former teammates or uh, former players, current players is so profound. And like, this is a guy who's dealt with racism in his life. He's had his house burned. He's dealt with several things in his life that'll just blow people's minds. I've talked about it on the podcast before, in fact, but I thought now maybe I'm attributing too much to this. And if I am, I, I it's not going to shock me. Those comments from him last night might have sprung forward the stuff today because the Clippers were the last game. That video of doc went like super viral and was super powerful and was played everywhere on media stations, like on ABC, on CBS, nightly news, stuff like that. It wouldn't shock me to find out that that was kind of played a little bit of a role in today, which I don't think it, I'm not saying it was the biggest role. I think it might have like a tiny fraction of a role, but like you see these people getting emotional in the bubble, coaches, players, you know, reporters, like it, it, it I know I'm not being coherent right now, but it's frustrating and I understand their frustrations and I empathize with their frustrations so last night, I kind of just think was Doc's therapeutic session more than anything. And when you are able to go and talk about the things that he was able to talk about, Garrett, it almost in a way really does help you therapeutically to kind of combat and face these issues. I completely agree. And let me just say first, um, being on that call and, and hearing Doc Rivers say all that um, was an incredible moment um, because Doc is not someone that hides his emotions, um, but his emotions don't come out very often, right? And so when he is someone that, that breaks his silence on something and when he talks about something at length like this, um, you know he's going to say something important. You know it's going to be something worth listening to. Uh, and so when he pulled off his mask and you could see the tears building in his eyes and you heard his voice starting to, I mean, he started to choke up and he had to stop, he had to stop and take several breaks to, um, you know, gather himself and get back to talking what we had to talk about. Um, I thought it was an incredibly powerful moment. Um, I thought the support he got from the players around the league, not only the players in his team, but past players, um, players on completely different teams uh, that all came out and supported him. And it seemed like that message he had especially resonated with the players. Um, and I, I wanted to cut in real quick because I just got this notification from Woj. Um, as far as, as at the meeting they're having tonight, he just tweeted a minute ago and said, so far speakers in the meeting of NBA players tonight, uh, NBA Players Association President Chris Paul, the Vice President Andre Godala. Kyle Korver and Clippers coach Doc Rivers. Um, so obviously I think his comments and what he said meant a lot to the players and the coaches, the NBA so much so that, that he's had a, a very important role in this meeting tonight. 
I just think Doc Rivers has a very important role in the NBA as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, he earned a lot of respect for the way that he handled the entire Donald Sterling situation several years ago. And I kind of think he became the focal point and the guy uh, in terms of seniority that a lot of players looked up to in terms of how they're going to deal with situations. And fair or foul, he didn't ask for that. I just think that's what organically happened. And, you know, I I would like to see other people speak up. I think Jalen Brown should speak up in there. Um, I think Jalen Brown is one of the greatest leaders in the NBA in terms of uh, like social consciousness. Absolutely. I think, you know, like you go down the list of all these players or no, you know what? I'm players is wrong. People. (laughs) Yes. They're people. They're people that play basketball. They're, they're just people. Look at the people that are in the NBA and they are littered with a host of people that I would be proud to see speak on a national level. And Doc Rivers is one of them. And the Clippers have to be beyond lucky that he is a spokesperson for the organization because you could do a lot worse and it's very hard to do a lot better than him. I've never been more proud um, to be a fan or to be associated with this team than I was when, when Doc said that last night. Um, it was just very, very powerful. Um, and, and going back to the way he handled the Donald Sterling stuff, I mean, even back then, that was only, I believe, his first year with the team. If it wasn't his first, it was his second year with the team. Um, so for, for him to, to labor all that and to try to keep his players right and keep his players focused in the playoffs while all that was going on, um, like you said, I think he's established himself as, as one of the premier voices in the NBA. This is uh, a statement from the Utah Jazz and the Miller family, which was issued just now. <clears throat> we Now, mind you, the Utah Jazz will be playing on Thursday night. So not tonight, but tomorrow. So this, this is kind of interesting. Quote, we support and join with the National Basketball Association, its teams, the players, and the Utah Jazz in condemning social injustice and violence against black people. Our family and organization remain fully committed to and focused on building a country that is equitable, just, and safe. We also echo Jacob Blake's mother's plea to, quote, use our hearts, our love, and our intelligence to work together to show the rest of the world how humans are supposed to treat each other. So it looks like for one, this will not be a, most likely a one-day thing. And I don't think these canceled games or postponed games, whatever you want to call them, are going to cause a significant rift between the owners and the players. Because I think the owners, you know what? No, I don't think, I hope, I hope, because I don't think they will, but I I hope they will. I hope that the owners understand why the players are so pissed. Because it's been 400 years and nothing's changed. It's been several months and it's still happening with cameras all over. Nothing else to do but watch. And it still happens. And Jacob Blake is paralyzed and he might never walk again. And it just, I just don't have words anymore to sum up how pissed I am. I'm not even sad. I'm pissed. And I just don't know anymore. I don't have kids. I don't know what I would say to my kids in a situation like this. Like, what do you tell them? I don't know. And 
I commend the players. They took a stand. They did it. I hope they keep doing it. I will respect whatever decision they make. If they want to come back tomorrow, while I would disagree is harsh. While I wouldn't fully agree, I would understand. And I wouldn't condemn them for it. So it's... I'm a little bit hopeful that maybe this can lead to something. I don't know if it will, but we'll see, you know? I just, I just don't know. Like (sighs) tomorrow's supposed to be game six. It most likely won't be. If the rest of the series happens, Garrett, do you think the Clippers close it out in six or do you think it goes seven? You know, I've been so back and forth on this uh, throughout this whole series. Oh, they trick you one game and kill you the other. (laughs) They really do. I mean, after game three, when the Clippers bounced back from that loss in game two, uh, and there were just an abundance of of coaching mistakes in game two that I I still can't get over. um, I was so confident after game three that it was going to be Clippers in five. I was like, that's it. That's the team we've been waiting to see. I'm like, they're going to do it. And then game four happened, or more just Luka Doncic happened. Uh, and after that, I was fully on board saying, okay, Mavs in six. That's it. Like the Clippers are not engaged. Uh, if, if Luca and the Mavs are playing that well this whole time, we're done. Right. Uh, and then game, game five happens and the Clippers score a franchise record 154 points. And I think this season, there have been times when they've let off the gas or they've had a big lead. Uh, we saw that happen in game four. Um, and I think for one of the, one of the first times this season, they finally got a big lead. It was a very similar situation and very similar time they did in game four. And rather than stopping the Clippers just continued to hammer and hammer and fight against the Mavericks. Um, I think they finally showed the urgency that we've been waiting to see from this team all season. Um, they finally showed that fight that we saw from this team last season when they played the Warriors in the playoffs. Um, I think I I can't see how they would go back to where they were before game five in this series. So I'm very confident at this point that it's going to be Clippers in six. Um, And I'm looking forward to seeing how they continue to bring that fight and that urgency uh, as the rounds progress. At least they started trapping. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, I got real happy when I saw that. I was, my heart was full. That was a, that was a great moment in my life. Whew, I still haven't charted the ball screens for that game yet, so that'll be fun to go through. I already know it's not 71 or 70. I don't know. I charted like 71 ball screens in game four for Luca. That was crazy. How many did they drop on? Uh, Like, oh man, now you're asking me to go back and look. Um, <laughs> it was like, I want to say they, what was it? They... They've, oh, it was 71 ball screens that they faced and they dropped on 34, which really wasn't even that many because like they switched on 21 and like showed on 16, but they never trapped. And then like their first through, through the first four games, 206 Luka Doncic ball screens and they only, they trapped zero times. And then game game five came around. They trapped very early and I was like, oh, and I do want to commend Doc Rivers on something. The very first trap that the Clippers threw at Luka Doncic in game five, he passed out of it and they got a three and he still went back to trapping. I cannot tell you how proud I am of him for not just deciding because of one instance of it, not getting the desired result that he actually stuck with it. That was nice. 
Whew, man, that was a fun. That forty three points, Garrett. They won by forty three. That was amazing. I was blown away, <sighs> and I was so I'm proud of PG, man. I was so proud of everybody. Yeah, it was just, it was all around just a fantastic game to watch. Such a relief. Nice little break. It was, the, of the playoffs. It's so crazy too, because like I'm watching the game live, and I'm just like. All right, they're up by 20. All right, they're up by 25. Eh, I'm not comfortable yet. Like even without Porzingis, I'm I'm like I've I've seen this movie before, you know? <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. Like and then they 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 did a good job. No, no, not a good job. They did a great job. And their energy was excellent. Their effort was excellent. Um their process was almost flawless for the most part. You know, and I will say this before we're done. Everyone, like, I, I know I mentioned, like, how they started trapping him and they did all these things defensively, yada, yada, yada. And all, everything always looks better when you shoot, like, 64% or 63% from three, whatever they shot from three. Like, I get it. Like, everything always looks great when you make all your shots, essentially. I thought their process offensively was pretty damn great. Like, they got guys to prime scoring spots and they got them to... Uh, easy levels in which to get their shots off. For instance, like uh, they got PG moving a lot to the rim. They ran a similar play like three, three times in the game, which uh, one time yielded a three. One time was a alley-oop layup to PG. And another time I believe was like a PG drive or something like that. And, or uh, uh, PG pull up from the elbow. And it's like, you know, like I didn't see those plays the first several games and they started getting guys better looks. And, it was it was awesome. Also, shout out to Landry. Landry's been good as a starter. Landry's been fantastic. And like we know he had it, man. He was so good last year's playoffs. And he's looked so good with the starters this year that I mean, as soon as he got that start instead of Reggie, I was like, things are gonna go better tonight. Yeah, it just you know, I've harped on Doc Rivers a lot in terms of his uh adjustments and in-game stuff. I I rotations and I can admit when he does well, like, it, like I, I will, I love when he does well. It's not like I'm sitting here going, I hope he's right and stuff like, or I hope I'm right and stuff like that. But look, he, he proved me wrong in game three. He proved me wrong in game five. Game four was shaky. Game two was shaky, but you know what? As long as you win the series by doing the, the right things, I'm, I'm cool. And right now he's doing the right things. Maybe game six is different. I don't know, but for now, for game five, Doc Rivers knocked it out of the park. And that's pretty much it. Like, I just, I just, all credit to Doc Rivers, both on the court and off the court for game five and everything that he said afterwards. Uh, Garrett, where can people find your work? Yeah, I'm currently a writer at uh, Sports Illustrated. The website there is allclippers.com. Um, I cover the Clippers with Farbot, actually. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at G.A. Corpenning. That's G-A-C-H-O-R-P-E-N-N-I-N-G. You got anything coming out? Uh, not not at the moment. Always working on something, though. So you know, stay tuned. Yeah. Oh, uh, big NBA news from today beyond what happened. Uh, Nate McMillan got fired today. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you got swept. I get it. But like... 14 days after they gave him an extension. Yeah. Now it was like one of those one year, like team option extensions. I get it, but that's still crazy. I was surprised. I was a little bit surprised too, especially because of their injuries. I was like, Oh, they might give him another year, but Mm -hmm. 
I guess there's gonna be some interesting jobs open. Okay. And that Philly Ty job. Lue's gonna be what was what was that? That Philadelphia job. I think that's Ty Lue. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, the fact that Woj came out and said that they're making a plan and they're they're focusing on making Ty Lue the guy. I mean, I'm happy for him. I think it's great. I, I think Ty Lue gets. So I know I said we're gonna get going, but real quick, I think <laughs> I think Jock Vaughn gets Brooklyn. I think he keeps Brooklyn. I think Ty Lue gets Philly, and I think Jason Kidd gets New Orleans. Indiana is interesting because I guess they floated Mike D'Antoni today. Yeah. That also kind of was weird. Yeah. (laughs) And I, Kenny Atkinson's still out there. I saw someone make that connection. Atkinson and the Pacers. That that could be, I think he, I think he deserves another job. And you know, what's interesting. Brett Brown probably deserves another one. Yeah. But there's also assistants who deserve jobs. Right. Ah, This is going to be such a wild time. All right. Um, You got anything you want to say to the fine people before we leave? Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. There we go. All right. Everyone take it easy. We'll be back sometime next week. Um, we might have an update pod in in, in case uh, this, uh, I'm just going to call it a hiatus. This hiatus gets extended. Um, if it doesn't get extended and they resume, uh, Farbon and I will be back uh, at, the re- at the conclusion of the first round for the Clippers and Mavericks. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Everybody stay safe. Everybody tell your loved ones you love them. Wear your masks, social distance, uh, wash your hands, and just be nice to people. We're all we got in this world. Good night. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.